Just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with PK. PK, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Better every day. You feeling better? Yes, a lot better. A little uh-huh. ways to go, but definitely doing better. Good news. We're all happy to hear that. I know people are still writing in on Facebook and everywhere else, sending their prayers to you. Oh, that I greatly appreciate. And they evidently work because I am getting better. Yay. That is terrific. Good news. Well, this is the beginning of the spooky September, October, November Mm-hmm. trilogy mm-hmm. here at Supernatural Girls. We have a terrific show tonight. We've got Bill Hall. And Bill's been on the show before with his last book, which i got to tell you, people went wild over what he had to say with the world's most haunted house, which was the true story of the Bridgeport poltergeist on Lindley Street. But he's back tonight with a brand new book. The Haunted House Diaries, the true story of a quiet Connecticut town in the center of a paranormal mystery. We're going to be bringing him on in just a little while. And you know what, PK? This area that Bill reported about in the book is only about an hour from here. It's right around the corner. That is right around the corner out here. So... You know, I I lived in Connecticut for many years. I had lots of reports on spooky goings-on. And now Bill's here to tell us about over 50 years of sightings and experiences. So I can't wait to get him on live. It's going to be great. Oh, it is, definitely. I enjoyed the book so much. I know. It's terrific. Everybody uh-huh. should run out and buy it. It's excellent, as I would expect from Bill. He's a great writer. So I just want to tell everybody... If you want to call in, if you've got questions, comments, do you want to join the conversation, here's the phone number, 888-919-2355. Again, that's 888-919-2355. Or you can join us in the chat room, and that is irnchat.com, irnchat.com. So, oh my goodness, I'm just more than excited about this show, and we've got All kinds of really wild news to report tonight. We've got bizarre howls spark a Sasquatch hunt on a remote island in north of Vancouver. They're saying the Bay residents have been reporting strange screams and howls coming from the forest that surrounds the town. And there's quite a number of people that think this is coming from a Sasquatch. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. So we got to let Ron Moorhead and Scott Nelson know about this. They were our guests last week. Right. They're the Bigfoot guys, so i got to pass this right on to them. And then also, there have been UFO sightings in New Hampshire. Again, not too far from here. Lots of stuff going on in New Hampshire. And, of course, NASA come out, 
came out and finally admitted that there is liquid water on Mars. But we knew that, didn't we, PK? Wasn't that a surprise? Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Maybe it was to them. They haven't been paying attention. That's right. Because you know we've had guests on that have claimed we've already been there anyway. So we've been there. We know there's water and there's life on Mars. So we're waiting for the rest of the story from the mainstream media, NASA. But we know from our guests what's really been going on, right? That's for sure. Yes, yes. So do tell what is going on with the numbers. Oh, dear goodness gracious. Well, tomorrow starts a brand new month. And the month for every man, woman and child is indicative of next year. So it's universally it's a nine month. It'll be dealing with a lot of endings for some people, but making way for new things. And there's going to be a lot of drama that will go with it. But it's a one day tomorrow. So it's about fresh starts for everyone in the year they're going to be going into. So watch what goes on in October, and you'll get a preview of where you're going next year. Ooh, okay. Now, what about this retrograde thing? Is that still in operation? Until the 8th. Oh, boy. I know it. It has played havoc. My printer quit. Oh, no. And I thought, and I called a friend of mine. I said, can I use yours? She said, I don't know what just happened. My printer quit. I said, I don't believe it. Oh, my goodness. So, so well, it's all the electronics, like that's you said. right. Hit Anything by the- to do with electronics is going to get us right in the backside. Oh, gosh, that's not fun. I can't stand it when that happens. And it's well, also not a good time to buy a car or do anything like that. No, Start buy, buy, buy nothing new because it won't last. Oh, okay. And when it comes to any electronics, if they're not working, don't run out and replace them. Put them on a shelf when the retrograde's over. Try them again. It'll be surprised how many things will work. Wow, that's great. Now, Librans, we talked about last time, really need to watch out. And is that still going on for Librans? Certainly does. Guess what I am? You're a Libran. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and what have I been getting? <laughs> yeah, some month. challenges and a half. Yes. So, yeah, so Librans need to be extra cautious. Don't take chances, you guys, because uh, you may end up in not a great situation. So be very cautious and mm-hmm. careful about the choices you make and where you put your feet and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So, so pay attention to the fact that it is a nine universal month, which deals with endings, even though your personal month will have something positive to go with it. That ending part can still nip at your heels. Ooh, okay. So we got to watch all these things coming up. All right, new month, new start, a preview to next year. It's all going to be happening as of tomorrow, right? That's right. All righty then. So, okay, that's the scoop, everybody. Now, also make sure that you sign up for our newsletter, SupernaturalGirlsWithAZ.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. We have some photos, PK and I, that we're going to be releasing. One of them has never been seen before. It was taken by a friend of ours, Victoria Gross, and it is a remarkable, crystal clear photo. Very strange. And so she's releasing it to us and we will put it on our Facebook page and we'll tweet it around so you got to be following us if you want to stay up on what's happening we try to do breaking news here for all of you things you wouldn't normally see anywhere else so make sure you're signed up and then you won't miss a thing so tonight here we are we've got Bill Hall, one of our very favorite guests, with The Haunted House Diaries, the true story of a quiet Connecticut town in the center of a paranormal mystery. So, Bill, let's get you on here. Welcome to the show. 
Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you guys again. Yes, well, my goodness, this book was really something. Now, tell thanks. us, how, how did you find out about this place? Well, it, it was rather easy. I was quite lucky. Uh, Paulino, who I became uh, very close friends with as a result of uh, the first book, he was one of the major witnesses in the Lindley Street case, uh, one of the major ones still alive because he was quite young then. And um, so we would meet uh, for our uh, monthly luncheon and paranormal update. And uh, he had told me about this case he was working on. He said uh, probably the strangest that he's ever had in his 44 some odd years of investigating. And um, he had uh, been seeing the family since 2005 and uh, said, hey, it's in your neck of the woods. Would you like to come on down? And he said, uh, you know, as we were there visiting the family and they gave me a copy of an original diary that was done uh, over a period of about 50 years. And he said, you know, Bill, this might be your second book. And I said, well, what about you? Are you going to write about it? And he said, well, I don't have time. So, <laughs> and so that's kind of how it all uh, all began. So I was I was very lucky to have somebody who was already in there and kind of did all the preliminary stuff so I knew it was I knew it was real I knew it was happening and and that sort of thing so it was uh, um, I have to thank my good friend Paulino for that so a nice gift from Paul and also yes yes want to talk about your background a little bit because you are unique in this field and in that you have you're an actual professional magician so you know how to recognize when something's a fake Yes, and I, I, you know, and I think originally I thought uh, fraud would be uh, where you know my skills would help out more, uh, but I did find there's less fraud involved unless you get into you know the fortune telling aspect and that you know where people are uh, out there in, in public or charging for that kind of thing. I'm not talking about more of the. Um, the people who would be more genuine who don't charge for it and you know that kind of thing but um but aside from that i, I found that what it helps more with is uh keeping me grounded and objective knowing that you can see the same thing and interpret it many different ways because uh, that's what we do in magic we can present the the exact same thing uh, you, you can present a torn and restored object, for example, as either uh, a restoration or you can present it as going back in time to before it was broken. So, you know, just a quick example of how the very same action could be presented and sold and interpreted and perceived in, in, a very, di in very different ways, depending on how, how it's presented. So uh, I think that really uh, helped me keep myself grounded and questioning things and bringing in, of course, the right professionals because a magician's only one person. I mean, you might need a, psych a psychologist. You may not, depending on the case, of course. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, and it was good to bring in uh, people who were, you know, brought in Mark D'Antonio as an astrophysicist, and he, he was great as far as contributing theory and his own experiences, but... Uh, uh, but I was uh, quite honored to have him there because he helped with photos and video because, uh, you know, I know none of us are faking stuff, but we're not optical experts. So 
um, I, I found more often uh, people misinterpret things or, you know, we see, of course, what we're looking for, right? So if we know we're in a place that's experienced paranormal phenomena and we get a weird picture, we think it's paranormal phenomena. It's only sure. natural, you know? So it's good to have somebody there to kind of eliminate your basic uh, optical uh, illusions that are go going to happen uh, even when you're in a place that has legitimate you know, paranormal things. So, uh, so I think, uh, you know, assembling, you know, the right people uh, to go in there are good. But I think that's really the way it benefited me the most is keeping, keeping me uh, grounded and uh, asking questions and trying to keep me away from confirmation bias and all those natural things as humans that, uh, that we run into. You know, it's only natural. Scientists do the same thing. We're all just humans. So, uh, and trying to really question things and remain open and i think that's a that's a it's a tough skill you got to constantly uh stoke the fire if you will that's true you do and i what i also like about how you you do this do your investigations is you really keep religion out of it so everybody's religious beliefs can they can have their own but when it comes to investigation you really do just report the facts and talk about it from that perspective it's, and it's a great read this book it really oh, is thank you so much yeah yeah i think you know i think uh, you know shane uh, shane Sarway were brought in uh and you know he's got like 100 percent success rate never uses religion and, and i think that's i think he brings up a valid point that um if you pray it could give you peace and and solace and and relief for a little while, but if you're not addressing your own negative thoughts, then you'll continue to send those that frequency out, and you'll continue to attract, uh, you know, a negative entity if if one is, you know, if that's your issue, and uh, and you're not really going to get to the root of the problem. So I think uh, I think as as much as religion could be a comforting force, uh, you really got to get to the root of the problem and and not. Um, not kind of confuse it by thinking that, oh, it's a simple matter of praying. You still have to do the work uh, within yourself to uh, to kind of, uh, or as my buddy Paulino says, you know, Peter Panther, you think happy thoughts. You know, you got you to you stop sending that bad frequency out so that you can get rid of, uh, you know, the negative entity. Uh, because if you don't, then the pain will just be a temporary uh, relief and it'll come back because you haven't really addressed the, you know, the real issue. But with this particular house, I mean, we're talking not just about the house and over 50 years of events, but we're talking about the, that area. You identified an area because there were UFO sightings. There was underground yeah. things. This is like a everything you could think of. Was it, it was almost like Skinwalker Ranch, without <laughs> the, the terrifying uh, parts of Skinwalker Ranch. True. Well, yeah, actually, uh, Paul called it the Connecticut Skinwalker Ranch case. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, because it, it's a paranormal flap. There's a lot of stuff going on there. There's uh, a big history of UFO sightings, even Bigfoot sightings, some of the more famous ones going back many years. And uh, and uh, there's also um, a secret, or not so secret since I've been blabbing my mouth about it, military base. <laughs> There uh, and we've been told to back off, so you know we know we're we're on to something. And and 
I don't know if it's a coincidence there happens to be one there or if they're there because of um, you know UFOs and the energies going on there. But even if they weren't originally there for that, I, I would imagine they're investigating that. It's not wouldn't be the first time for the government to do that. Uh, but yeah, and, and this farmhouse that's kind of at the center of it all, of it all is... Um, I say center for you know losing using the term loosely, of course, but uh, but the house is surrounded three sides by water, so the flow of water is of course you know telltale sign, and it's a 1793 farmhouse. It's got a very long history and many many people going through there, and they've had uh, it's like a, a a paranormal shopping mall, you know, paranormal <laughs> crossroad, yeah, one stop shopping, yeah. Um, it, Definitely just, guess who's coming to dinner. <laughs> oh, right. It's just a great place where you can go, you know, when you want to gather evidence and whatnot. And it's great because the family's not in any sort of turmoil. So you don't have to feel guilty about it. They're curious, too. Uh, and luckily, uh, most of it is not, you know, they've had some what you would consider negative things over the years. but and And probably most of the things that have happened there would make most people, you know, run out of the house. But... Uh, but for, you know, Donna, she grew up with the paranormal, you know, she born in the hospital, brought back to the house and grew up there. And, um, you know, so for many generations, six generations, her family lived in that house and they've had, there's been paranormal activity throughout it all. So it was kind of like a way of life. So I think uh, it's a little bit different for them and her and her husband, um, you know, they're not scared for the life, you know, when they hear footsteps, they don't yell demon and, and run so I think uh, again of course if you had a dysfunctional family in there I think you that you know there'd be a lot more negative things staying well that's the key I think right there you identify right, right. It, put your <laughs> finger on it yep and that's what I was impressed about with this family too is they they weren't scared for the most part they just kind of went along with it and kept notes and and diaries and records and I was so impressed with their ability to stay grounded and just go with it. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's probably um, indicative, of course, of a lot of the other cultures. You know, it's not very Western, but I mean, you know, it's there's other cultures, of course, that are quite at ease and, you know, would just assume, say, hey, shut up, we're talking or stop touching me and, you know, and go to your go to your side. I'm trying to have a conversation, you know, that yeah. they'll, talk, they'll talk to spirits that way. You know, and and not think anything of it because they accept it as, uh, you know, natural, just a natural part of the world. Whereas for us in the Western world, it's not quite that way. Um, even though uh, most people I run into, uh, I am amazed. Uh, I don't really run into people who say, you know, I don't believe in that. I, I think it, we used to see that more often. Now it seems everybody has a story and people are like, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm on board with that. I, you know, I don't have a lot of experience, but I know either I've experienced it or somebody I know has. So I'm seeing that a lot more, which is, which is really uh, neat. But, uh, but yeah, so they're, you know, they're at home with it. Now that doesn't mean that Donna doesn't jump if, you know, the shades come off the window or whatever suddenly, but I mean, we all do, even if it's something not paranormal, it's something exactly. in your room, you jump. Sure. So it's, yeah, it's not so much being, you know, and she describes it, you know, in the book, I think, very well in saying that, 
you know, when people ask, were you scared to see that? Well, you know, the actual phenomena is kind of, it, it comes and goes rather quickly. So it's more the unexpectedness of when it's going to happen and that kind of thing, which I've heard from a lot of people, you know, who, who are in that those kinds of uh, situations or, you know, areas that um, even if they're not, you know, necessarily having a negative experience, it, you know, they don't really jump as far as, or, or are scared of the phenomena itself. It's more the unexpectedness of when it's going to happen. You know, that's just natural. So Yeah, it is. I, I lived in a house that was haunted in Rocky Hill, Connecticut. And oh, wow, yeah, it's close to me. Yes, see? And one of the things that was concerning me was, is this an, an actual physical intruder, or is it a right. ghost? You see, if it's a ghost, no, no big deal. But if it's an intruder, <laughs> I may need to make a call to 911. Mm -hmm. So, and in fact, I did at the very beginning of the hauntings because I would hear footsteps, heavy man's footsteps coming up the stairs, the rattling of the doorknob. And then as the story began to unfold, we realized that in fact, it was a ghost. But uh, that was always a concern for me. If it's a physical intruder, you need to take a different kind of action. But it sounds like with Donna and her family, they learned uh, over time that it, more times than, than not, I guess it was just these entities floating on through. Yeah, and that that was pretty much a known thing because, you know, Donna was used to that because that was her childhood, you know, and really the first notion she got that it wasn't that way for everyone is when she had sleepovers. And she loved going to sleepovers, but she didn't want to stay up like all the other girls. She wanted to go to sleep <laughs> because it was, so it was quiet. Yeah, it was quiet there. So like, right, you know, I don't get blamed for, you know, walking around at night because her parents used to wake her up or you got you kids getting out of bed or, you know, they knew stuff was going on, but they always would check with the kids to say, are they making the noise or, you know, that yeah. kind of Thing. So she was just happy to get such a great night's sleep. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, we've got a question for you out of the chat room here. Sonic okay. Grace has a question. Would like to know, have you ever investigated a case where hologram technology was used? Oh, very interesting. Uh, no, no, I haven't, uh, haven't seen that used. Although, um, you know, I, I, I must say, if you study the literature enough when it comes to hoaxes, it's not too tough to see through it because it doesn't fit the mold of, of what what these hauntings, you know, how they fall. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so, and and matter of fact, we had a case uh, recently um, where, you know, 90% sure the lady was crazy. Um, oh. Or needed help or something because, you know, the, the description wasn't fitting your typical, you know, haunting. So, um, you know, as a magician, I always thought there'd be a lot more, um, a lot more into it to get to that point. But as, as you get into this stuff, you find out that, uh, uh, you know, I think most investigators uh, uh, don't really have that problem too much because it just doesn't fit the description. You know, because you know what, how these things operate. When somebody calls you and tells you stuff that just doesn't, you know, it doesn't gel and doesn't fit with the way this stuff works, that you kind of know that something's off. Not that they're necessarily lying, like this person really was, you know, disturbed and needed help. But, uh, yeah, the haunting really didn't fit anything. 
it was right. just a hodgepodge of everything. So you you, know, you, you kind of knew even just in five ten minutes that there was something up. Right. Uh, but no, I you know it's, I haven't really. The only times I've run into fake were fakes were with uh, fortune telling, uh, psychokinetic power, you know that kind of thing. Where you have individuals that are. Uh, you know, trying to tell the future and pretending and stuff. And, you know, and that's what Houdini ran into. And unfortunately, um, you know, his method of uh, seeking those people out uh, lended itself to that. And, and uh, you know, I'm quite sad about that because I think he would have found what he wanted to find um, if he went about it differently. But, you know, it, it was... It is what it is. But, you know, in other words, when people come to you and say, yeah, I'm psychic and I can tell the future and I can do this and I can do that. Yeah, he was bound to get all these uh, these fakers, you know. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, he wasn't really going and saying, oh, there's a poltergeist, you know, situation here. Let me stick around and see what it's about. Uh, and I think if he did, of course, he could have certainly... Um, found and experienced the kinds of things he was looking for. So it's it's unfortunate because he really uh, he had a great mind of of wonder and curiosity and you know the kind that we we wish everyone ha would have. You know. Oh, absolutely. And he did say that when he passed, he would come back and let everybody know. And I don't know the rest of the story there if he ever did, or tried to, or whatever. I've heard different rumors about that. But yeah, no, he didn't. But he, he didn't. Okay. He, but but he set up the you know he set up the controls and things, and told people if I come back, here's what I'll do, and you know that kind of thing. So I thought it was really neat to uh, to try to set it up so that uh, you know. If, if if I'm dead and, and you get a psychic and they tell you this, it's it's BS because, you know, here's what I'm going to do, you know, <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> you know, so, yeah, so he really set it up. So uh, so he was really trying. He went about it in a, in a good, you know, scientific way, and he really wanted to give it every chance he could. So. Wow. Well, that's great. I have another question for you. And this one is, have you ever been attacked on a case by a spirit? Uh, no, have not been uh, attacked uh, personally, or at least I didn't interpret it as an attack. I I have a much um, I'm lucky enough to have some you know great mentors that really have explained the paranormal to me. Uh, you know, Paulino and uh, Shane Searway, and so I, I really I don't have a lot of fear there. Um, but I, I suppose by attack. You know, if I was at a poltergeist case, that would be, I think, very much a probability you can get hit with something. Sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, but no, not not directly attacked. But I, you know, I have helped people that were getting uh, attacked, quote unquote, uh, of sorts. But you know, a lot of this stuff was targeted towards them in particular, and not really me. So. Um, you know, so that was yeah, right. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I I really have no fear of it, and maybe I should. Maybe that's stupid, but I think it's. Uh, I think the understanding is what did away with the fear. Otherwise, I think I would be, um, I would be very fearful. Well, and and I think also the way you approach all of this, Bill, it, it really does, as you say, you stay grounded, and you don't get uh, up into a level of hysteria. I mean, I think a lot of people who don't have your training and have this happen to them, it's easy for them to escalate this. And I think there are some uh, 
beings, entities that feed off that, and it becomes a much worse situation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I had this uh, this lovely woman who, you know, for eight years is being tormented by this black shadowy figure with wings and sharp teeth and everything and, you know, horrifying. And, uh, you know, I met with her for a night and we went over, you know, how her energy is attracting it and she has the power to stop it and whatnot. We ended up getting rid of it. And, uh, uh, but if, if you don't know that and you're just interpreting as I'm being attacked, there's nothing I can do, then yeah, it's a very scary thing. So I think knowing that, knowing that you ultimately can control this thing and that it's feeding on that stuff and it's ultimately powerless. Um, and at the same time, of course, we say powerless. Now, obviously, psychological power, you know, could ruin your life. So, you know, but yeah. re realistically, if, if you, know, you direct your thoughts in the right way, I mean, it really is power, powerless if you take that control. Of course, if you don't take the control, then, you're, you know, you're giving up that power. And, of course, it would be quite damaging. So, it, Yes, exactly. It can be. So, again, going back to your book, The Haunted House Diaries, this is an area of Connecticut. I mean, it just seems like it's open season. The spirits can walk into any house, walk out of any house. <laughs> right. you know, they're, they're moving jewelry, smoking cigars. I mean, they're just... <laughs> Calling about whatever they go about on the spiritual side of things, but, uh, but here they are in the midst of people's everyday lives. I found this book fascinating. Now we're going to go to break shortly, but I just again I want to urge everybody to get your book, The Haunted House Diaries: The True Story of a Quiet Connecticut Town in the Center of a Paranormal Mystery. And also, Bill, people can find you online at worldsmosthauntedhouse.com and WilliamJHallAuthor.com. So if you've got an investigation you want to bring to Bill's attention, that's a great way to get a hold of him. And yes, please. Yeah. Yes, so please uh, get the book and also reach out to Bill if you've got a story that you'd like him to hear. And so anyways, uh, we are going to take a very short break and we're going to come right back and hear more of the details of the Haunted House Diaries and everything that people have been seeing in this neck of the woods in Connecticut. So, everybody, you are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio, and we will be right back. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter. I underscore R underscore N and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's I underscore R underscore N and never miss a great show again. Hi, can you hear my voice? Imagine how many other people can hear it too. If you have advertising needs, then look no further. The Inception Radio Network currently has openings for on-air advertisements and radio show sponsorships. Given any thought to your target demographic? 
Inception has you covered there, too. Advertising on a network gives you multiple opportunities to advertise on a wide variety of radio show broadcasts, and we have one to fit every advertising need. You know, in recent years, Internet radio has exhibited a phenomenal listener growth. An Arbitron Edison survey shows that online radio boosts at least 33 million unique visitors each week and 54 million each month. And that number amazingly continues to grow. And these listeners are a part of many businesses' core demographics. And surveys have shown that Internet radio listeners are far more likely than regular radio listeners to spend money on a whole range of activities. You know, Internet listeners vote, they dine out and eat fast food, and they grab a cup of coffee. And here's the interesting one. They buy items online at a much higher rate than all other market segments combined. Internet radio also enables businesses to connect with consumers during work hours, where increasingly more lifestyle decisions are being made. Advertise with the best. The Inception Radio Network offers competitive advertising rates to fit just about anyone's advertising budget. Stop by today at www.inceptionradionetwork.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-919-2355. Get the word out. Get results with the Inception Radio Network. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, PK, and our guest, Bill Hall, the author of The Haunted House Diaries. So, Bill, we were talking about, while we were on break, we were all chatting away, about 
the different spirits that were just wandering through this house. I mean, it's it's like it was their house and they were just kind of hanging out and moving jewelry and smoking cigars and do, I mean, just going on about their business. What in the world was going on there? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think this is, uh, you know, the classic uh, paranormal crossroads, if you will, where you have these parallel world intersects would be my best guess, as quantum physics would say. And, um, yeah, you had these, uh, these spirits who were either going about their day without interacting with you, and then some do interact uh, you know, with uh, with the family at, at various times. Uh, and actually, I mean, Donna's uh, kitchen was a general store. So uh, there's uh, horse sounds and, you know, trotting sounds in and outside of the house, as well as general store customers that you can hear from time to time. So, um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, you get a lot of uh, uh, this kind of thing, as well as uh, interactive uh, whether it was with the children when they were in the, uh, you know, the uh, when they were very, when they were babies, when they seemed like they were being entertained by by something, and later identifying family members that they've never seen before, yes. um, you know, that kind of thing, uh, as well as uh, ancestors and entities of uh, many different types, you know, small, childlike figure with elongated ears and. Um, just a variety of, uh, uh, of uh, characters in the house, as well as some UFO, what would be characterized in the literature as UFO phenomena uh, inside the house, of course, as well as outside the house at numerous sightings. And, uh, and a lot of houses in the area have uh, different phenomena, certainly not to the degree and the depth and breadth of, you know, this particular farmhouse. Um, but, you know, but they have that uh, activity, too. It's quite an active uh, area overall. It's an unbelievable amount of sightings, experiences, and not just this house, but others. And then I do want you to talk a little bit about the experience that the couple had when they drove by and they saw police and fire trucks and all of that kind of thing. Uh, but first, I have another question. A lot of questions coming out for you. We're going to try oh, to get oh, to them all oh, from the chat great. room. We've got a lot of people in the chat room tonight from Dave. Dave has a question. He would like to know, have you ever or will you investigate Dudleytown, Connecticut? Um, you know, I, I've been there many years ago. Um, but when I was there, um, it was a uh, nature preserve. The Boy Scouts were camping there. I was getting bit by mosquitoes, and I was, you know, I had a conversation with Ed Warren. He said, there's no insect life there. And I went there, and I got, like, bit, like, by a million mosquitoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. They were the only uh, things that didn't die. <laughs> so I was a little mad. No. Uh, uh, but I, you know, there are, there are many people that I know and trust that uh, that have said there's uh, definitely something to that. And you know, and again, I wasn't there with EVPs and things like that. So I mean, I I didn't do a great. I was just there, uh, you know, on a double date with my buddy, and we were there to scare the women mainly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, were, you know, we didn't get a lot done. But, uh, but you know, the area is so. It's off and guarded now. I know there were folks that were trying to do a uh, you know documentary on it, 
and uh, I think they got arrested or something. But you know, they're yeah. I heard the same thing. I think it is uh, pretty much considered private property, and if you get caught on there, you could go to jail. So it's a bit of uh, a bit dissuading to try to investigate. Yeah, them. yeah. The, the the Blair Witch Project, unfortunately, really did it in because that's when people started going up there and hanging out and starting fires and you know looting and everything. And you know, oh yeah, that's uh, a turn up for those the uh, people who live there. Right. I mean, I went there uh, years ago and I was given permission by a lady who owned a shop nearby and said, you know, show them this card if you get caught. And, you know, and so I went there and, and I thought it was really neat walking around there. Uh, I had my doubts about Dudley Town because it was a town that was uh, built basically, uh, you know, and rocky soil. So, you know, people said, well, crops didn't grow there. It's like, yeah, you know, that really wasn't a good location to like make a town, you know? Um, so there was good reason, reason why crops didn't grow there. And, uh, and the industry was such, you know, they said the women went crazy and, you know, but I, but there also were, um, stories that that was due to the uh, the uh, the, mi the manufacturing and that uh, the pollution went out and so the women were breathing it in while the men were working so yeah there's a lot of pros and cons to whether there was something to it but uh, I think even if those were the reasons um, you know certainly people did die there and you know as we know that certainly uh, could leave uh, something behind there for us to experience or see um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to do more investigation there, but I know it's just, it's just such a, uh, uh, a, a thorn in, you know, the police's side there that I think it'll be tough for anybody to get in there, but I have been, I have been there several times, but I myself uh, have only been scared by the mosquitoes so far. <laughs> but, it would scare me away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were vicious. So, you know, but. Ugh, swarms of them. Well, here's another question from the chat room. Do you think that spirits can see one another like we see one another? Um, yes, it, it, I, I think it uh, depends, but, um, but certainly they interact. And, uh, and quite often uh, they see us. Sometimes they don't, sometimes, just like sometimes we don't see them. And uh, and sometimes they think we're haunting them, which, of course, mm. begs, begs the question that I discuss in the book is, you know, our spirit, you know, our ghost spirits of the dead. And that's, uh, you know, that's a big question. Uh, I know for a fact the answer is not always um, because there's been cases where, well, uh, there was one case where um, the lady actually met uh, the family she was haunting. You know, n not on purpose. I mean, she was having these bad dreams, and and uh, they basically were were seeing her coming down the stairs, and you know, and being quite frightened by it. And they ended up meeting each other. What are the chances of that? But she recognized the house, and um, so we do know that um, that was a case where a quote unquote spirit was very much alive. Uh, and I think with quantum physics. Um, you know, quantum physics would say that the soldiers in Gettysburg are not spirits, but they're actually real soldiers fighting, uh, more like a time yeah. slip, you and, know. 
Yeah, and as you discuss in the book, you talk about the multiverse, that there's so many different realities, and are we encountering that with some of these experiences and some of these what we call hauntings? So there, there's just so much to this phenomenon. And, and again, there's so much to this phenomenon in this area of Connecticut. People are asking, too, if this was one house you reported about in the book or many. Well, the the book center the books in three sections. Um, the first part is uh, the diary because uh, the the most diverse of phenomena was uh, in this house, and and then the next section does de- it does deal with an overview of some of the things that are happening in the area, um, like you know the Bigfoot sighting, the government. Um, the secret government base and you know ufo sightings things like that as well as um phantom roadblock and you know missing time uh uh that um actually mark d'antonio from mufon uh had a missing time experience there um and so that's part two and then part three one of my favorite parts which is uh talking about it you know talking about uh, the investigation, talking about uh, assumptions that we have and different ways that we can interpret uh, these things. And um, so that's kind of how it's broken out, but it does center on the farmhouse because that's a great uh, kind of poster child uh, for explaining the things that are happening around there. But there but there were other uh, people I uh, interviewed in the area that their houses too uh, had uh, something going on uh, one lady, for example, um, her husband, who who has died, uh, used to play guitar, and you know, used to be in the basement playing guitar and whatnot. She still hears those songs; they just come on. Um, and it doesn't frighten her because she, of course, you know, thinks, "Geez, that must be him or his way of communicating." But there's little things like that that happen in the houses around there. There's one one gentleman who uh, he's. Uh, pretty tough guy but he won't you know when his daughter goes away he doesn't stay in the house alone so there's all all those kinds of things happening in you know houses in the area um tell us about quite a lot tell us about that roadblock situation i found that fascinating i know the audience would love to hear the story yeah yeah that was a that was a creepy one and uh so yeah so this couple uh that i interviewed there um they're driving down this road that they well know, and they come to this uh, roadblock. And it's it, it's one of those things that you see, and it doesn't quite look right, but you can't really make you know your mind's not really thinking exactly what's what's going you know what's going on with it. But the uh, the fire engines were the wrong color. The the police car had like one of those curved fronts to it, like they had in like the nineteen fifties. Uh, the uniforms weren't quite right, and um, there, there was a lot of these emergency vehicles. There was no pylons, and there was an officer um, whose uniform wasn't quite right, and he was just kind of staring into space, and they're driving up to this roadblock. And, you know, usually if you get too close, you know, the police would yell at you, like, you know, what the hell are you doing? Or, you know, yeah. you got to turn around. You know, the, you, know, you right. usually don't have to go out of your way to ask them. And, they, <laughs> right. you know, and they, right and there. rightfully so, you know, and they had to really go out of their way to get the officer's attention to say, you know, what, what do we do or, you know, where do we go? And, and finally the guy said, you know, turn around and go that way. And, 
um, well, wasn't really looking at them, you know, so they turn around and, and they drive off and they can't find the alternate way the guy was talking about. So they turn around, they're coming back, knowing they're coming back to the same road and everything's gone. And, uh, and it was Mark D'Antonio, the astrophysicist uh, that, I, that I spoke of earlier that mentioned that, um, that that's common in the UFO literature, this kind of, um, you know, kind of like a false memory kind of thing, which sometimes uh, is a way of replacing uh, missing time. Um, not that we know for sure that that was it, but, you know, it certainly would fit in with what, you know, what happens in the area. And, you know, you know, what's interesting is, uh, you know, many years ago, um, uh, UFO people, of course, were ridiculed for for this, for these kinds of stories, saying, "Well, you know, implanting false memories," you know, it sounded like science fiction, and it was sure. you know, crazy and stupid and everything. But I, you know, I researched it and put it put it in my book too. That you know that we have experience, we we have implanted false memories in mice today. So it fascinates me that so many of these things that years ago we were like, Oh, come on, you know, that now today we can, we actually do. And, you know, so we have implanted false memories, just like years ago, you know, the cattle mutilations, they used to be, Oh, come on, you know, can't be laser because, you know, and the laser would be so huge. How, how do you put it on to, you know, we would, we would talk like that, like it's impossible. Well, now yeah. those same, same lasers fit in your pocket today, you know, and, yeah, uh, right. and so it amazes me on how uh, it really didn't take that long for us to gain the technology and the ability to do these things that we thought were so crazy, uh, you know, just in the 80s, you know. Well, yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of possibilities with this particular roadblock experience. One is what you just mentioned. Right. Could have been a, a UFO abduction and these memories were implanted to take the place of what really happened. It also could be again just another bleed through of right these uh, these people who are living in a certain time and place and as you describe in the book these flaps open and all of a sudden here's a couple that was able to see into another time and place right yeah the time slips there you know the the vanishing house is a good example oh tell uh, us about mm -hmm. that one that was a great that was great yeah oh, oh yeah and of course everybody. You know, it's a uh, not the whole not the whole city is rural, but this particular part of, of the area near Groton is is uh, rural, and everybody knows everybody, and everybody knows the house is there, and and all of a sudden uh, people are noticing this house there that was never there, and it just wow. looks like yeah, you know, it doesn't look like some crazy house. It's just a you know modern like nineteen seventies raised ranch kind of house, and uh, it's you know. It's there. It looks lived in and everything, and 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 then a while later, it's just gone. And uh, and I've heard about that in other kinds of stories where you know people would go trying to knock sense into some farmer who won't listen or whatever, and then they go there and the farm's gone. And you know, so I, I've heard this in the <laughs> literature, but this is you know it's one of the things that uh, that happened in that area. So there's. Uh, yeah, it is very, uh, the time slips are, are fascinating, just like the phone call from, uh, you know, another time um, uh, where Donna got the phone call from the, uh, uh, you know, the, the ship that's uh, 
in an emergency, and it sounds like it's a very old uh, uh, happening, you know. And of right. course, we've heard of those kinds of things before, you know, phone calls from the dead and things of that nature. So, um, just a lot of strain. And the notes, um, another good time slip thing, where what could be a time slip uh, would be uh, the notes from friends uh, that never left the notes. You know, she gets yes. Yes. Yeah. So these people would show up and all of a sudden, and then they would say to them, oh, we got your note. And they're like, what note? Right. Yeah. And, and as, as Shane, you know, who we brought in, as, as he pointed out, he says, well, sometimes this, of course, is their way of, you know, kind of uh, getting attention and letting you know they're there, and, you know. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be telling the future because as we know with time and space of course you know um not being linear and stuff it it may not necessarily be from the future it could be some it could be somebody knowing that it happened in the past and uh you know one of the notes that left uh the people didn't show up but maybe in a different alternate universe or experience they did you know mm -hmm. so uh it gets to those fascinating you know discussions when, when you look yes. at it that way yes it's, i just have so many more questions i know pk you do too about all of this and why it occurred just in this area but i have more questions from the chat room and i don't want to ignore all of our chat room people oh that's that great i us. love chat room right. people oh, i yeah. think it's fabulous that they're their interest that they're holding with this, that they're calling in like that, this. That they're right. awake. Yeah, that they're yes. awake. Yes. That's right. You didn't put anybody <laughs> to sleep, Bill. You're keeping everybody on the edge of their chairs. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's another question from someone in the chat room. They said, if any of the homes you investigated were to be knocked down, would the spirits remain or would they move on? Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I would say in this case, it's really uh, the land and the area. So, um, you know, I would say, like, if you knocked this farmhouse and built something else, then, uh, then, I, then, yeah, I believe that there would be, you know, there still would be an open portal and, and there still would be this kind of paranormal phenomena. It definitely is, uh, it, you know, we found it definitely is tied to, to the land. Uh, certainly, you know, the houses and stuff have their own history and whatnot, but, uh, but it would be more tied to the area. So, yeah, they still would get that experience, whether it be the same experience, you know, uh, you know, wouldn't know. But, uh, but it de yeah, they definitely would still have uh, uh, something paranormal going on would be my best guess. Yeah, I think you're right. And now here's another question. They want to know if you have ever experienced orbs in a home. Well, this home has uh, orbs that have, uh, been seen with the naked eye. There's been uh, many captured on camera, most of which, you know, there's other explanations for, but a few that they're, you know, that seem like the genuine deal. But um, but uh, orbs have been seen, you know, with 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 the naked eye, you know, live. So um, and uh, you know, there's different theories on what they are, right? Are they energy balls, or you know, or, you know, what they happen to be? Um, and uh, but there's been a lot of things in this uh, in this house, like you know, the the beams of light, different beams of light, which some would say is related to UFOs, and 
but you know, this stuff doesn't have kind of a, you know, as we as we know, especially from this case, it seems to all bleed together. You know, the paranormal is is much not like in a silo like we used to treat it, but. Uh, you know, whether it's Bigfoot, UFOs, ancestors, entities, you know, uh, I think they all uh, have that electromagnetic uh, area and portals and things like that in common. Not that they all know each other, but it's uh, it, it seems to be that they travel, you know, from the same stuff, if you will. You know. Yeah. And, and you describe what you call flaps. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, a flap is nothing more than an area that you identify has a heightened uh, amount of paranormal activity, uh, which is probably linked to an open portal, door, stargate. You know, I mean, people use all different terms and they all got baggage, but uh, door is, I guess, as good as any, you know, term for that or portal. And, you know, Native Americans were big on looking for those. It same thing with, the, you know, uh, witchcraft. You know, mm-hmm. they're big on looking for those areas um, that already have those open portals and uh, and then kind of settling there. Number one, they usually, they're usually around water. And number two, like in the Native American sense, you know, they wanted to, quote, unquote, you know, commune with the spirits and, and uh, you know, from that point of view. So... Um, yeah, so, I mean, paranormal flap is simply that. And, you know, we identify this as kind of like a triangle area, but it's not like you cross the street and it's no longer, you know, paranormal, but it's just kind of a basic, uh, uh, a basic, um, um, you know, thought as to where that activity is kind of greater than normal because we know it's a haunted world, but, you know, it's yes. just that this area in particular seems to have, you know, a heightened uh, amount right. of activity just because of the energy in the area. Well, it's definitely more extreme there. And again, I, I continue to be uh, to hold a lot of respect for the people in the area who just keep their wits about them and they, they just go on about their business and and go. Yeah. And this also happens. It, it's such an interesting uh, thing to read about because it's almost like they're first and foremost, able to accept all of this and say, it's, there's nothing weird about it. It's normal to mm-hmm. us. I mean, it's kind of like our tagline, where paranormal is normal. This is that whole area. Right. Right. Where paranormal is normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's I was, right, yeah. I was fascinated right. by the young boy that, uh, with this, Dale, with his sister, that the school teacher believed that he had the system when the mother went to a teacher conference. I thought that was fascinating that he would sit in the window that they could see him communicating. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, matter of fact, the, uh, uh, the book gives a web page and there's some uh, videos on that, including like the first video uh, where he was originally, you know, pointing up to where this thing was and talking about this and, you know, this friend of his, little girl in a, in a light blue dress. And it seems like it's always a little girl in a white <laughs> light blue dress. We know it's not really a little girl in a light blue dress. As Paul said, he says, I'm always scared of little girls in, you know, light blue dresses. And I said, yeah, I'm scared of big girls, too. And he said, well, we, can, we can't help you with that problem. But, you know. <laughs> but uh and, and, you know, Dale used to put toys out around the trees. He said that Ashwar was a, a little girl in a blue dress who got in a car accident with 
uh, with her mother mm-hmm. and uh, now is stuck there to observe and would literally, you know, was in the tree out in the front and he'd put toys around the tree. What are you doing, Dale? I'm putting toys out for Ashmore. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul was there in 2010 um, talking to Dale about it and said, well, is Ashmore here now? And Dale said, oh, yeah, she's in the tree now and points out to the tree. So Paul goes out with his infrared camera and films into the tree, not seeing anything at the time. And then he uh, he plays it back and he sees this thing, like a cross between a tadpole and a uh, serpent wow. kind of coming down. That's strange. Now, I'm going to stop you for, for just a couple minutes here because we're going to go to break. But I want to hear more about this entity and the description that uh, some people gave you. It's fascinating. So, again, here we are, Supernatural Girls Radio tonight. And we are talking to Bill Hall about the haunted house Diaries, the true story of a quiet Connecticut town in the center of a paranormal mystery. It is spooky September here on Supernatural Girls Radio. Stay tuned, everybody. We are coming right back. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Inception Radio Network listeners, this is Amanda. Just a reminder that Inception Radio Network is on Twitter. Follow us at I underscore R underscore N and keep up to date about who's on tonight, what interviews they'll be doing, who's guest spotting, what topics they'll be covering. Tweet to us, tweet about us, retweet topics to your friends, and most importantly, never miss a great show again. That's I underscore R underscore N. computer is your internet connection down don't worry use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the inception radio network 24 7 again that call in number is 401-283-6700 for the inception radio network i am mj Hello, Inception Radio Network. Would you like your favorite show to be played again live on air? Well, now the choice is in your hands. With IRN's live request portal, an easy way to request your favorite show with a simple click. IRN's live request portal now gives you exclusive access to all the shows. How easy is it? Simply type a show name or a guest name, click request, even write a dedication message, and that's it. Try it now. Simply visit InceptionRadioNetwork.com. Click on the Live Request tab under the Show menu. Now playing your favorite show is just a mouse click away. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to Facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? 
then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With cosmic fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, The Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, here with PK and our incredible guest, Bill Hall. He is the author of The Haunted House Diaries, the true story of a quiet Connecticut town in the center of a paranormal mystery. So, Bill, I wanted you to please take us through the information that you have about the underground government installation. Oh, well, you know, people have been, you know, I interviewed a number of people who were, have gotten kicked out of this area near uh, Groton. It's basically farmland there. And they've been kicked out by, uh, you know, nicely, but by armed uh, military guards there. And um, the place has a long history of uh, UFOs in the area, as well as black helicopters, you know, passing through, which I'm not a conspiracy guy, so that in and of itself, it, well, at least the helicopter part, not the UFOs, doesn't necessarily mean anything. But, um, uh, you know, but we did look into it more and, and we were told basically, you know, to back off, which, of course, tells you that you, 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 you've hit on something. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that, uh, that they're there because of the UFO um, experiences going on and maybe because of the flap itself. Um, Maybe that's not why they were originally there. You know, maybe the base is there for other reasons, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're not. They must be following it because it's not, of course, the first time that the government has done that. Um, no, it's not the first time at all. Yeah, they've been involved with psychic warfare and, and looking into these things for years. I remember Andre Puharich uh, often talked about the fact that he was involved with a project in 1944 it was called Project Penguin, and he was with the Navy. And oh, yeah, was, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. See, so it was one of their first psychic warfare uh, events. And he said it's the Navy that's really, uh, that was definitely very involved in, in all of this kind of thing. But again, it makes me wonder if they were, they put the installation there, or the underground installation, because it was sitting on a major vortex, or as you call them, flap area. And, and then maybe they're experimenting with it. Maybe they're enhancing it. Maybe they're increasing it so they can see what happens. Yes, yeah, certainly could be. Um, you know, as far as the underground stuff, I think it was, 
I, uh, Marcel uh, Jr. there that he recently passed there. I forget his first name, but and you know he came out um, uh, before he died telling his story, and uh, and he was brought to this quite elaborate underground base. So again, we know that they're out there. It's not it's not tinfoil hats, you know, high mm-hmm. in the sky kind of delusions. You know, we know they exist. So you know, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if it would make sense. Uh, just like Native Americans would settle in those areas, that you know, our government would. Uh, we kind of do the same to study those things and take advantage of it. Um, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, they certainly are secretly involved watching or directly involved, I should say, with extraterrestrials and interdimensional UFOs. So so they are involved. They just don't want us to know about it. But here's right. a situation where they're right underneath this extremely haunted, very active paranormal area. There's got to be no coincidence there. Right. And now, of course, they blocked off all the land. There's no farming going on, but it's all fenced off now because I guess people were wandering in there too much. <laughs> but uh, oh and, and, and Mark D'Antonio actually had a missing time uh, experience on Burr Pond, which is, uh, you know, in that uh, paranormal flap area. And he ended up years uh, later having an implant taken from him. And he's definitely not your conspiracy guy. So, you know, I trust him when he you know, relays his story, but um, it's just the crazy things that happen in that area. It's just, it's, like I said, it's a shopping mall for the paranormal, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know. As Paul calls it a paranormal circus, paranormal crossroads, you know, take your pick, but uh, it's, you know, you can do any of those terms. Yeah, it's amazing that no one has really reported on this before. You're really the first to come out with this. Yeah, uh, of course, other people have written about uh, things, you know, within this area. There is Dudley Town, which is basically within this flat area, as well as Yankee Peddler Inn. And, you know, a lot of other kind of uh, Oak Avenue in Torrington, which is well written about throughout the ages for having a little boy spirit walk along the road. So there's a lot of stories within that area that have been written about, but not... uh, uh, not, of course, uh, this farmhouse and not the diary because, you know, Donna didn't come. She originally was just taking notes for, you know, future generations and for her to perhaps see uh, and look at the, the the stuff over the years and kind of see if she can make any sense of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that have happened in the area individually, there's been Bigfoot sightings and written about and stuff, but no, you know, nobody's written about pulling it all together, certainly. Right. So again, the name of the book is The Haunted House Diaries by Bill Hall and both PK and I, we definitely recommend this book to you. It's a great read and it's a perfect book for this time of year. Now, some more questions are coming in for you, Bill, from the chat room. All right. Here we go. Let's see. Um, Oh, can spirits communicate to animals better than humans? Um, I, you know, I don't know about better, but we know like, you know, with children and and animals, I think they're just more receptive to it. Maybe that's because they're more open to it. Um, You know, as we get older, we get, I think, dumber in a sense to to those kinds of things you know what i mean we're yes we're so stressed out and worried about our concrete everyday stuff that it's hard for us to really kind of um you know see or or, or under understand more of that uh, the spiritual stuff for lack of a better word but you think you know what i mean uh, yeah. um 
Yeah, so I so I think definitely you know children and animals probably are are easier to um, you know to to you know they sense that stuff more. I think naturally. I think we could as adults, and if you know if you're an empath, that would be an example of somebody who probably is, for lack of better terms, is you know like a child or an animal when it comes to that stuff. They still have their you know, sensitivity and, and, and that sort of stuff, just like somebody who grew up in a haunted house and that, you know, you still have that sensitivity. Um, but otherwise, based on a regular, you know, Western civilization person, I would say that uh, uh, that animals and uh, and children probably are just more receptive because they're not as, you know, close to that stuff as, as uh, we are as we get older. Yes, that makes sense. Now, here's another question for you from the chat room. How much investigating do you do before checking out a house, or do you prefer to go in not knowing very much? Um, I, you know, I like to talk to the people to kind of figure out what's going on, to, to try to determine, number one, you know, is it real? Are they crazy? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, to, to kind of get a sense of what's going on. Um, because if it's a negative entity, it, it normally is uh, is going to be about the people and, and what's going on with them. So I do want to know uh, about that. And then from there, um, you know, to go in and, you know, in, in this uh, in this particular farmhouse, for example, when I called Shane and I asked him, you know, do you want to read the, the diary entries? And he said no. And and uh, and so he came in that way you know, without knowing, because there was a little bit of a different kind of, uh, you know, situation. Sure. And when he and when he came in, he, he literally talked uh, about several things that Donna had written about over the years in her diary. And I can tell by her face that she was kind of like, whoa, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and I was amazed, too. So uh, so so that was a, an example of, uh, you know, somebody who's sensitive, like, like he is and that sort of thing, then maybe it would make sense to not have that information. For me, I'd want to know more about what's going on with the family. So I kind of know a basic, uh, uh, you know, setting that's going on before I go there. Yes, exactly. Well, you have a good team there. That's for sure. Now, here's another question. Gosh, people are asking some really interesting questions tonight. I know. They're great. Yeah. They are. These, we've got a great audience, i got to say. They are really in the know. And here's the question. Does spirits travel on an AM wave better than on an FM wave? Jeez, hmm. uh, I don't know. It's a stumper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure how they travel. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? It sounds like they have some information about I this. I know, right. Yeah, I have heard of that, but, uh, you know, uh, I do know electromagnetic energy is involved, but uh, but I'm not quite sure about the wave part, so I apologize. Yeah, it's just it's a fascinating question, and maybe we should yeah. take another look into that. Yeah. Here's another one. Spirit reflections in windows. Are they stuck in them? Or does the window act as a mirror? Wow, that's a great. You know, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a picture like that in the haunted house diaries of uh, Minnie Gray. What, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the um, the grandmother there. Um, yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. That was uh, yeah, a reflection in the window. Um, 
You know, I, I don't know. That's a, I mean, that's a great question. That's one of those $6 million questions, right? Is, yeah. is it in the mirror? Is it a reflection? I mean, I would guess it's a reflection, but that's just, you know, my, my yeah. guess, my guess doesn't really mean anything. I know. Well, it's hard <laughs> but, to know the answer to, to some of these things because we're not privy to their experience on the other side. So, but we have had uh, people in the pagan religion and, and witchcraft on this show, and they've talked a lot about mirrors and how spirits can come right through them. So mirrors are doorway is what PK, you and I have heard from some of our guests, oh, right? That's true. Very true. Makes it a little eerie sometimes when it's a little dark and it's this time of year. Uh-huh. I know. And you look in the mirror, kind of uh-huh. looking over your shoulder at the same time. <laughs> and who's looking back at me besides me? Right, right, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, let's see. I've got, again, so many more questions there. But I, I want to go back to the government installation again because that, it just fascinates me. Have any of the people in these homes ever been approached by any of the military that's involved with this installation? Uh, not not from door to door, just people um, uh, that would uh, either go hiking or you know on their way to go fishing or something in that area uh, found themselves in uh, you know being saying no, you can't go any farther. You got to turn around and go. Uh, are there uh, any signs or like you said, just fencing now that they've put up? Well, no, this is before there was even fencing. No, there was no signs or anything. They would just come out and tell you to go. So it was quite bizarre. That is strange. Uh, How are you supposed to know that you're not, I mean, that you're on government property? Right. They're like, hey, this is a secret. You're supposed to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Like now they just, of course, fenced it off. And now it's made to look as if it's a farm because they, they actually had this weird metal sheet over a farm that was there, you know, a farmhouse, and they ended up building another one, but nothing's happening there. It's just been sitting there, uh, fenced in, and that's that's how it sits today. So, because um, I would have wanted to jump over and go look further, but, you know, get rested either, so. Yeah, you don't want a machine gun pointing at your face. Right. Right. Uh, but so, so what you're describing is very interesting. You're saying it's kind of like a, a small farmhouse, but there's no activity there, people going in or out. So maybe it's, it is exactly what you're saying. It's an underground facility. Yeah, it, uh, it really, you know, from Google Earth, it really looks like, uh, you know, there's the entrance there and everything. And uh, I don't know, you know. For some, for that amount of land to just be sitting there doing nothing for, uh, you know, for years, just seems weird too. I mean, you'd think they would do something with it. I mean, uh, how much land are we talking about here, Bill? Uh, no, I don't know. It's quite a. It looks like it's quite a quite a large piece of land. I mean, it's it's definitely a farm or a farm and a half's worth. You know, and. Uh, so it's it is a bit weird, and you know the ownership is is strange too. You know we're looking at the ownership of it, and it's just uh, uh, well, it, it looks like it's I don't want to say disguised, but you know when you have these things in different corporations and whatnot, but it's just sitting there. It's just really weird. So uh, we've got our own Area Fifty One, huh? Yeah, exactly. Gosh, wouldn't you just yeah. love to know what they're up to? I am just, I oh, want yeah. to know. 
<laughs> very nosy about this, but I, I just I think that it's somehow very much connected to everything that people are experiencing, both in the skies and in their homes. I don't think we can separate this. Right, exactly. As a matter of fact, I was at a UFO convention a year ago, and and I was amazed the percentage was so high. I believe it was something like 83% of the time there's UFO sightings. They also have, you know, paranormal activity they find on the ground. And, you know, now we've come to really, uh, that's probably one of the bigger advances, I think, that we've made in the paranormal is, you know, years ago, it used to everything be siloed and, you know, the ghost people don't talk to the UFO people. Let's none of us talk to the Bigfoot people. They're out of their mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and now we, we were like, wait, it's all connected, you know, and that's why Bigfoot's good at hide and seek. And that's why, you know, UFOs are here and there and everywhere, you know, yes. um, that it that it is all kind of uh, connected, you know. Well, I agree with you. And again, one of the things that really made me pause in this is I know that the government was involved in time travel explorations and experiments. And I know some of the bigger ones have and disasters have been reported. But this seems like a, a good bet because of all of the holes in time and space that people were experiencing and still do in this particular area. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, it, it, you know, it is amazing the things that the government has uh, has invested money in. It's uh, it's quite interesting. Yeah, there there is no question that they've been involved in this for many many years. They just, I mean, look at remote viewing. For a long time, that was a big secret, but then all of a sudden, that came out in the open, and that was just one small part of what they were doing. Yep, they're trying all sorts of stuff. <laughs> sure are. You know, yeah. Anything Gosh. to we- weaponize stuff or, you know. Oh, unfortunately, uh, yeah. yeah. It's that way. And now, another question for you. I know there have been Bigfoot sightings. What about other creatures, other cryptoids? Anything else? Um, not, not, um, not in particular other than you know, the UFO sightings and, and, uh, um, and so no and, chupacabra, no, uh, right. no werewolves, no. things like that, that other people have reported in different areas of the country. No, a lot of, a lot of Bigfoot stuff in the area would be the, the only cryptid that I'm aware of. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here's another question from the chat room. A spirit that looks more fully formed, do they have more energy? than a spirit that you can hardly see. Hmm. I mean, that's, uh, again, it's another great question. Um, You know, that we don't really know. Yeah. You know, it could be, you know, I, I tend to think even with the same energy, depending if it's, you know, is it like an ancestor appearing or is it like a different entity? Because if it's a different entity or a different energy source, it, it may be appearing in its full form. But, you know, we don't know what its full form is. But uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's a great question. I, I would think it makes sense, right? It makes sense the stronger the uh, the flap or the energy is, the, the more fully formed or, or the 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 quantity and the quality of the paranormal experiences would be greater. Um, But, you know, other than that, I honestly don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, what it do you think? I mean, it's it's yeah, a great question. I, yeah, it is a great question. It really makes you think about all these things, and I do think that they're onto something here because yeah, yeah, when there is more energy involved, then you're talking about spirits that not only are seen more easily, but they can move objects more easily. You know, like the the spirits you write about in the book that take jewelry. I thought that was just so maddening. I can't imagine you go get your ring out of your jewelry box; it's gone. And that happened right. a lot of times in Dawson. Yeah, yeah, and and you know it certainly looked like an answer. You know the agreement that they had uh, before the, uh, the 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 ancestor died of you know I'll I'll try to send you a message and it'll be through the jewelry and and it looks like they were successful. It looks like yeah, they were moving uh, so, jewelry around all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Really, really fascinating stuff, and it, you know, gives gives me a lot of hope for an afterlife. You know, or 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 as quantum physics would say, there you know, there is no death. You know, so right, right. We just move along. <laughs> right, right. We're moving along. Oh goodness! But again, it, it's just an amazing book, an amazing story of Thank so you. many entities moving around throughout the property, throughout the house, and then you've got the UFO thing going on, you've got the Bigfoot thing going on, and now you've got the government installation going on. It's it, it, This area is just a hotbed. I know, it's crazy. And, uh, and you know, we want to get back there for more, too, because it's just every time, you, you know, as, as Paul's son said, Ben Eno said, every time we go there, there's something different. <laughs> it's yes. just, a, yeah, like you said, a hotbed. Yeah, perfect uh, explanation. And it, it is a lot like Skinwalker, except Skinwalker, from what I've heard, was terrifying. I mean, people were scared to death because of some of the things that happened uh, that were seemed almost violent and much less than friendly, whereas these experiences here seem very benign. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there were a few things early on, but yeah, definitely not uh, not an area where people are, you know, running. Uh, certainly some of the Bigfoot sightings, of course, were scary, but yeah, not uh, not the same thing uh, in this farmhouse. I, th I would say it's more fascinating um, than anything else. Yeah, I would agree. Well, hey, you got to promise me that you give me a call sometime. If you're going to be coming up to my neck of the woods, then call me. I'd love to meet you guys there and see what happens. Maybe we could uh, we could have a, an oh, our be own fun. experience. Yes, <laughs> we could talk about yeah. it. But there's just so much going on, so many pieces to be put together. And again, I am in awe of these uh, family members and neighbors who have taken it all in stride and not gotten hysterical over it, just said, well, it's happening and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, I, th I think it, it mirrors some of the other cultures. And, you know, because uh, Donna grew up with it, um, it's kind of a different perspective. She's, she's a great person, uh, very well-rounded and uh, and different i would say and you know it's made me a better person by by knowing her and and seeing that kind of point of view and approach so 
Uh, well, I yeah, think we can, gonna... we can learn a lot more that way. It's, yeah. You know, you to, first of all, work with people who are in a state of fear and hysteria. You're trying to calm them down. It, it, that takes a tremendous amount of effort. And then they just want everything gone. Whereas Donna and right. her family and friends were like, well, let's just keep track of it. Let's interact with it. It's You can learn so much more that way about what's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you said it perfectly. It's a whole different uh, environment, if you will, which is why it's uh, it's just been a great, uh, fun, you know, case to be a part of. Absolutely. Considering the fact that it was six generations long, I wonder if many of the pieces that are coming in or people coming through are part of the generation of those that had been there before. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that uh, sprinkled throughout the diary, mm-hmm. and and, um, and so that definitely is some of it. And um, and you know, Donna's alluded to that where she thought there was a connection there, mm-hmm. you know, like with some of the jewelry stuff or the, the ashtray being spilled over when she's having an argument with her husband many years, <laughs> yeah. many years back, you know. Uh, thinking it's her grandfather and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and that's, of course, what makes it so great, right, is this just such this 1793 house with so many lives and stories, uh, you know, going through there for so many years. And six generations, like you said, of just their family alone. Yeah, it's just about, is it true that I read somewhere that uh, in the morning mist or in a fog, that it's more, uh, it's easier to see apparitions at that point in time. Um, I don't know that offhand, but uh, yeah, yeah, I can't honestly say. I I know it, at night it does, you know, it does seem to be uh, easier to see. Although that may be us, you know, maybe because we're more settled or you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I found it very fascinating, all aspects of the book. It was just a delight throughout. Every page had something special to hold your attention. Oh, thank you. Very, very interesting. Absolutely delightful to listen to. You talk about all of this as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, and just a, a great learning experience because of the, the vast amount of things uh, you know that that happened here. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a crash course in the paranormal being <laughs> going yeah. over there. Yeah. <laughs> One stop shopping. You know that's for sure. I think that any any type of information that's given to us like this absolutely opens everybody's minds to what is actually available. So yeah. many things to us. It's much much excellent information that has been passed on through your book. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, um, I hope you know. I hope readers, uh, uh, you know, get out of it what what I did. So and that's what I tried to get across because uh, it, it it's it's just fascinating all the different things going on there. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been a great, great show with Bill Hall, author of The Haunted House Diaries. And be sure to join us next week. We'll be back with another exciting show. And until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night.